All right, I'm here with Pace and Monday. Monday. Is that Monday? Pace and I are going to look at properties in Kalispell, Montana. I want to point something out. I've been hanging out with Jerry for the last couple of days and people ask a very common question. How do you balance work-life balance? Hmm. Here yeah. you go. I've got one of my best friends. I'm hanging out with him. We're doing real estate together. We get to hang out. That fulfills my brotherhood bondage, um, like bonding moments. And then I've got my daughter hanging out with us in the back. Like you can yeah. do it all guys. You absolutely can do it all. You can be on vacation, look at properties, be on vacations, look at properties, hang out with some of your best friends and take your kids with you. You can do four or five things simultaneously. Stop thinking it's either this or that. And that's what's so cool is we're going to go and um, see multiple properties today. One of them we already have an LO, accepted LOI on. So you guys are going to see some some of these this stuff come to fruition. We'll let you guys know throughout the day what we what we end up doing. Now, yeah. I want to talk a second about the LOI. So guys, if you don't know a letter of intent, that's a really powerful instrument because what it does is it allows you to then perform due diligence without potentially wasting your time. Because if we were do, doing if we were doing due diligence without anything in writing. You could waste all your time, they sell to someone else, they have no obligation to you. A letter of intent, it commits the seller, but it keeps it very flexible to where you can then do certain things, like in this case, due diligence, and then trans transition from a letter of intent or LOI into a, a real contract, right? Yeah. And so I love, I love LOIs because it's basically a very simple way. Usually in LOI, it's like a bullet point of like, okay, price, terms, basic, basic idea of a, of a sale here. Seller says, okay, big picture. I know there's things we got to sort out still, but big picture, I get what you want. I'm on board with you. I'm okay with these rough terms. Now we can start to spend time, like today, Pace and I are spending our valuable time actually going out to this property. Wouldn't want to do that without some sort of uh, an LOI usually, or some kind of a contract usually, right? Yeah, and I look at an LOI a contract and close of escrow as the dating to marriage process. So mm -hmm. a lot of times people just get engaged. So it's dating, engaged, married. Right? And married would be the closing. Correct. Right. So yeah. a lot of people in real estate skip the dating process, which would be the LOI or the option contract, and they go directly to purchase contract. And while that does work, and I think 90% of contracts are done that way, I think it's really smart to date. And so what we've done with the broker and the seller on this is we said, hey, we're not ready to en engage you and put a ring on it and go spend money mm -hmm. on like appraisals and surveys and stuff like that, but we wanna date you exclusively. So an LOI is a, a dating exclusive contract where you sit together and you go, you wanna be my boyfriend? Okay, I'll be your boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever. And we're exclusive, so that means if you go and date other people, it means you have com committed a faux pas or you've committed, <laughs> essentially you've cheated on me. So. We don't have to be in a purchase contract to hold somebody accountable to being in a relationship with us. So the LOI is an exclusive dating contract. Once we go into a purchase contract, now we've put a ring on it, we're engaged. Um, it, it, there's no getting out of that unless one party decides, hey, this isn't gonna happen. And then when we close escrow, that means we're married. And the seller on a seller finance deal with us is in a long-term relationship with us. And that's why I call it marriage because you are in essence married to that person for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's a great analogy. And when it comes to commercial, an LOI is very common. It's almost, would you say, 
80, 90% of the time you do an LOI first. Yes. You date first, then you do the contract. And it's not as common in residential, although it can certainly be used. We use them all the time. They work great if there's some things to figure out. So like a lot of times if I'm gonna do a vacant lot or maybe there's a little bit of a, a like a development thing or maybe it's a house but it's a four unit and you wanna, you wanna see if you can you know, convert something. Anything that has a little bit of extra due diligence and LOI is great because it allows you to just get really quickly to those basic terms and then you can dig into the project a little bit more. Whereas sometimes it's just a simple offer, it's a straight purchase, it's really clear. You don't really need an LOI, you can go straight to a contract, right? Yeah. I don't know what a good analogy for dating would be for that, you know. You just, it's, like an it's like an arranged marriage, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, we're getting, we're getting, we're skipping the dating, we're, we're engaged. Yeah. Um, which is, in commercial, it's not advisable, and here's a couple of reasons why. If you do an LOI in commercial, like multifamily, warehouse space, RV parks, etc., and you're working with a broker, the broker goes, oh, this person's savvy. They don't want to waste their time and they don't want to waste our time going through all this stuff. And also, second reason why it shows you're savvy is that the broker also is going to expect you to come back before the final purchase contract and negotiate or change some terms around. But if you go straight to engagement and you go, all right, I want to marry you. And then three months later, you come back and you go, oh, but I want to change yeah. stuff. You look hokey and you look, you don't look professional. And so, like Jerry said, commercial brokers, if they just see you sending out offers, they're like, oh, you're just, oh, you're wasting my time. Because they know you've got, yeah. there's things that you have to figure out before you're ready for a contract. I got a question for you, Pace. By the way, guys, if you want a free letter of intent, we'll put a link in the description below. You can have that for free. But where, what I wanted to ask you, Pace, was, um, an option agreement is in that same, is that in the same kind of field of a dating contract, right? Yeah. I think How do you it, use an option instead of an, an LOI? What would be a good scenario where that would be different? I go, I use options where the seller's out of their mind, the broker's out of their mind yeah. on purchase price. And I just say, look, I'm definitely not the buyer. Whether I end up being the buyer or not is not the point. The point is I leverage a third party that does not quite exist yet by saying, hey, broker and seller, I think your price is so high, but yeah, see, even Monday thinks your price is too high. Good say, point, Monday. Monday, say please. Okay, well, that's, all, that's <laughs> the only word. The only word she knows is really please. Um, so if I go to a seller and a broker and their price is just out of this world, I can then say, well, give me an option. The option of 10, 20, 30 days, whatever you choose, to go out and send this out to my list and my friends and my other buddies that are investors and let me get their take on it. And maybe there's a buyer. And if there is a buyer, that buyer will pay me a finder's fee. You guys don't have to worry about me. But if I start getting crazy lowball offers, I'll at least submit them to you and you can just see what my network is, uh -huh. is seeing. And this is one of the most unbelievable, sly, and intelligent ways to get a seller and a broker down on prices because you go, a week later you go, hey, my buddies are offering 200,000 on your $300,000 property. You probably want me to just tell them to take a hike, right? And yeah. you're acting as if you're on their side, like you're making fun of your so-called friend. But a lot of times they come back and go, wow, really? That's the offers you're getting? You know what? Tell them 220 and they got a deal. And yeah. an option contract allows you to do that. So. It doesn't commit you. You don't have to worry about earnest money. 
You don't have to worry about if the, the thing falls apart, which I think in wholesale, one of the scariest things for people is they get into a contract before they have a buyer and they're afraid of canceling the contract and looking like an idiot. And rightfully so. Right. Because a contract, a, a purchase and sale agreement is a commitment to buy. Now you can have terms that allow you out of that contract, but what you're saying to a seller is, I want to sign a contract where I'm committing to buy, you're committing to sell. Like what Pace said with an option, it's great because right up front you're saying, I don't know. I have no idea if this is a deal, if this works. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know right up front and the option still commits the seller. They cannot sell it to somebody else. It gives you a window of time to see what you can do with it. So like I do the same thing as Pace just said, I'll say to the seller, you want a hundred grand? Look, I don't think that number is a good number. I, I can't pay that. I don't think that works, but let me see what I can do. Let me see if I can make that work. Let me go to my network, sign this option agreement, which gives me the right to possibly buy it. Maybe, maybe I buy it, maybe I don't. And you can't sell it to anybody else. So they're, they're committed, you're not committed. So it's, it's just a great vehicle when you wanna stay uncommitted in the deal yeah. and they know up front that you're not committed. It's like you're exclusively dating me, but I can go and date around. Yeah, totally. I mean, nothing's worse than, and I've done this, nothing's worse than you sign a contract with a seller, you, the impression you give, the verbiage, the language, the contract itself is basically communicating, I'm going to buy this property. And then you come back and you renegotiate because it doesn't work. Yeah. Like that's normal, that happens. And if you have legit reasons, then that makes sense. But as a strategy, bad strategy. Because yeah. all you're gonna do is leave a bad taste in their mouth. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna be offended. They're gonna think you're flaky. And it's just the, sometimes it's the wrong way to handle that particular situation. We're gonna go and um, see multiple properties today. One of them we already have an LO, accepted LOI on. So you guys are gonna see some some of these this stuff come to fruition. We'll let you guys know throughout the day what we what we end up doing. It's also, it's, it's okay to be late to appointments. We're 22, late, 22 <laughs> minutes late to the appointment. Don't stress out about it. It shows the other party that you're, you're busy and that you're not desperate. So I always try and show up um, early if I can, but on days where I'm late, it's okay. There's some other side benefits to that too. Yeah, awesome.